Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you today as your people. We've gathered to worship you as king, to celebrate your kingship and your kingdom, to remember and to remind ourselves that it's true. And Lord, also to learn more about what it means for us to worship and follow you as king. Speak to us today, and may we respond in our hearts and our minds and be transformed. We ask this all, Heavenly Father, in your Son's name, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Who do you follow? Or maybe I should ask, what do you follow? We live in a world that's all about follow me. So Facebook is about friend me, which is a way of following me, or it's about liking my page, which also is a way of following. Instagram is follow me. TikTok, follow me. Twitter, follow me. YouTube, it's a little bit more complicated. It's like my video, subscribe to my channel, and make sure that you ring the bell to get notifications. If you're watching the YouTube, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you're anywhere online, these are the ideas that we're always hit with. And even if you're not online, this is what TV wants to do. This is what all of the media that we consume, whether it's football, whether it's a show on NBC, on Monday night, whatever it is. They're trying to get us to follow them and to subscribe to their ideas and to come back for more. Even if they're the restaurant you're going to this afternoon, Whatever it is. Why do you think it is that you're sitting there at night and then there's a commercial for a t uh, show and then there's a commercial for Taco Bell? They're hoping you get in your car and you're like, I want some Taco Bell at 11 o'clock at night. Now, if you're a college student, that's the kind of thing you do. And I know most of you probably aren't doing that. But these ads and these things are trying to get us to follow them and to come and to do what they're asking us to do. Same with political parties. If you voted in the election a couple weeks ago, it's the same idea. Our lives are full of people, politicians, sports teams, companies, all of them competing and spending lots of money and people are making lots of money so that our eyeballs will look at them. That's what it's all about. Marketing, mass media, social media, it's all the same. Trying to get our eyeballs and our attention to persuade us to follow them. And that's why today's day in the church calendar is so important. Like I said, it's the last Sunday of the Christian year, Christ the King Sunday. Now, it wasn't always Christ the King Sunday. For a long time, this was just the last day before the start of Advent. But about 100 years ago, some church leaders decided we need to have a feast for Jesus Christ the King. So they added one. And then another 50 years come and they're like, you know what? We should put it at the end of the year. Now they did that for a reason. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. But for now, they put it at the end. And today, the last Sunday after Pentecost, became Christ the King Sunday. The day when we're reminded and we celebrate that Jesus is King. Now, again, it's always important for us to ask, well, why do we even care about the lectionary? Why do we care about the church calendar? Why do we talk about these things? Why do we still have this stuff? Churches all over the country and, and even our community don't say a word about Christ the King Sunday. 
most of the churches, I imagine, there's probably three denominations, maybe four, because some of those denominations have multiple churches in our area that are talking about Christ the King. The rest, not even a word about it. So why should we talk about it? Well, if you're here last week, I, hopefully you heard me give a good case for why we have the church calendar. If you didn't hear that sermon, it is on the website. Also, it is now on YouTube as a video form. So you can like that video and you can subscribe to our channel. You can get notifications if you want. But I'm not going to tell you to do that. It's okay. It will be on the Facebook page. <laughs> but it's available for you to find out. And, and if you haven't seen that or heard, the church calendar invites us into a story. And today what it does is it invites us to consider some ideas. And these ideas are really important. But before we talk about these ideas, there's two things we need to know about the, the Christ the King Sunday. It is not the best day in that story. Because what it implies is it's the last day of the calendar. It applies it's at the end of the story. Meaning we have to get to the end of our life to be in the kingdom. And we have to get to the end of the age for Jesus to be king. Neither of those are true. Jesus is king now. Jesus became, he took his throne when he returned to heaven on that day on Pentecost Sunday. So really the day after Pentecost could be Christ the King Sunday. But it's at the end. And we don't have to wait to the end for Jesus' kingdom. That first day on Pentecost when the, the Holy Spirit came and empowered God's people, they became his empowered kingdom people. So the kingdom is now, Jesus is king now. But we need to ask ourselves, okay, so if that's true, why do we say Jesus is king? And what makes this so important for our life? And that's exactly what today's scripture readings answer. So the first question we want to ask is, well, why do we say Jesus is king? Now to answer this question, we first ask, well, what are kings and why do they exist? Now even if you read the Bible— in the Old Testament, we get a pretty clear picture that kings are necessary because humans cannot lead themselves. They need a leader to unite them. So kings are an imperfect solution for the fact that humans can't get along by themselves without a leader. Now the idea in the Bible is that a good king will promote justice, peace, and harmony for his people, which is a way of getting back to the garden the king is the chief leader in getting back to the garden. But we know the story, kings don't do that. Kings are bad. And that's why in our world, we don't have kings, right? We have, okay, we have some kings and queens. I know that. But they're purely ornamental. They don't have true power. They haven't for a long time. Because we've realized, well, wait a minute. We want to have some say in what goes on. But even in the ancient world, they knew that kings weren't perfect. Look at this passage again from Jeremiah. Woe to the shepherd. Now, it's hard for us to realize this is what God is talking about. He's talking about shepherds or his kings. His kings are shepherds because they lead his people. Woe to the shepherd, shepherds who are destroying and scattering the sheep of my pasture. That's talking about the Jewish people, declares the Lord. So right here, the king's even of God's people were not the best. And because of that, the people of God were scattered. Now that's referring to the Jewish people who got exiled and taken away and they're wanting to have their land and their kingdom back. And it all happens because 
the, the um, leaders appointed by God failed. And what this led to was, okay, we realize humans can't lead themselves. And that's what this is all about. We need a leader to show us how to be human, to show us how to live the way of God, but we have no one amongst ourselves who can do it. And so this is what God says. I myself will gather the remnant of my flock out of the countries where I have driven them and will bring them back to their pastures where they will be fruitful and increase in number. I will place shepherds over them who will tend them and they will no longer be afraid or terrified, nor will any be missing, declares the Lord. So God says, look, I'm gonna have to do it myself. I scattered my people because of the kings that were bad. But now I will regather my people and I will appoint a king over them who can lead them. So the idea of why we need a king is right here, that God's people need a leader who will care for them and gather them. So do we have any idea who this is going to be? And this is who Jeremiah says at the end of this passage. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for, for David a righteous branch. So this is about David, the son of Jesse, who's from the Bible. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will live in safety. This is a name by which he will be called the Lord, our righteous Savior. So this king will come from David and he will save God's people. So he's a king that saves. So we get this hint about this king. But we don't know who it is. But this king is going to come from God's chosen people who are the Jews. So right here, this is important for life. Why is it that the mass media and marketing campaigns and politicians and sports teams and TV shows and other humans get so much of our attention? Because we need someone to follow. And social media came along at the perfect time to say, you can follow me. And now we have what are called influencers. And all they do is post on social media and specifically younger people watch their every move and copy them. The only reason that they're influencers is because a lot of people follow them. That is their credential. That a lot of people decided to hit that button, follow me. And the reason for this is because humans, we need someone to follow. And we see that God says, I am going to give you that leader. So who is the leader? We know he's from God's chosen people, but do we know who it is? So this is when we turn to that New Testament passage. Because that passage from Luke that we read today called the Song of Zechariah answers these questions. It's the beginning of Luke's gospel and this song that Luke uses to tell us what is coming in his gospel. This is what he says. Praise to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. So what Zechariah is saying is the days of that David king are coming. The days are coming. So who is this person going to be? Well, Zechariah says this, and he says, And you, my child, remember, this is a song after his son John the Baptist was born. 
John, he says, you will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord and prepare the way for him. Now, if we were to read Luke's gospel all the way through, or even just a couple more chapters, John is the one who goes and starts to preach in the wilderness, and then he baptizes Jesus and says, this is the Son of Man, the Lamb of God. So we get right here that Jesus is the one who's supposed to be this king. So when we ask the question, well, why is Jesus king? All of the gospels and all of the story of Israel points to a figure who will come to lead us. And this is the king who will show us how to live and be human. And the king who will save us. We need a king who will prepare our way, show us the way, and save us from our own inability to care for ourselves. But then the question becomes, well, how is he going to save us? Because human kings conquer. Human kings use power and force and wealth. Is that what Jesus does? Well, no, this is the reading we have from Luke today for our gospel reading. It's straight from the passion narrative. When they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him there, along with the criminals, one on his right and on the other on his left. Jesus says, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, he saved others. Let him save himself. If he is God's Messiah, the chosen one. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered to him wine and vinegar and said, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was written notice above him which read, This is the king of the Jews. And, on the criminal, and one of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. So very clearly, it's all about saving. Jesus, if you're going to save the world, well, you can't even save yourself. Last week, or a couple weeks ago, when we talked about the same idea, that how is it that if God wins, it looks like he loses? And that's because God doesn't play by our rules. And this is the twist of the gospel. That Jesus does save the world, but he saves the world in the way that we never would expect. By offering himself as a sacrifice. And this is our king. And most people are going to look at this story and be like, I'm not going to follow the loser. But this is what the gospel is all about. Seeing Jesus who for, he, for who he really is. Because remember, there was two criminals that day. One who said, Jesus, why don't you save us? And one who said this. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence. We are punished justly for we are getting what we, our deed deserves. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. So we establish that Jesus is king, who's supposed to bring salvation. But the problem is that he doesn't do that the way we'd expect. But for those who recognize, God is doing something different because the world is broken. And the way the world works is not the way that God wants it to work. And it is not the way of God and the way of Jesus. And Jesus starts his kingdom by saying, I'm going to start it through self-sacrifice. For those who recognize that this is me taking my kingdom, you are then welcomed into it. 
Now, in this passage, it says you're welcome to paradise. That is not the same as the kingdom. But both the paradise and the kingdom are about Jesus being king. So we see this important idea here that Jesus saves through sacrifice. So we follow a king who gives rather than taking. This is why the Jesus story is so compelling. Humans were used to leaders who were bad. And when human leaders get into power, they take. It's our nature. It's why we can't lead each other. But Jesus comes and he says, I'm going to get power by giving. Our king wants to save us, and he does that through self-sacrifice. So now the question becomes, okay, Jesus is king, and he wants to save us, but what does that mean for my life, and why does it matter? Why should I make it a priority to follow him? This is when we start to think about what happens for this, both this uh, servant— or not the servant, but this criminal. But also that passage from Colossians that we're not going to read again. It's long. It's very wordy. And it's very similar to all that we just read in, in Ephesians, if you studied that with us over the summer. But all of Paul's letters are basically focusing on one idea. You become a follower of Jesus and your life is changed. You are remade. You are reborn. You are made new. Our king wants to save us and remake us. So choosing to follow Jesus is about being saved and remade. And this means that everything becomes different. So this is where the rubber meets the road. And this is when church goes from a weekly thing that you do to a life-altering habit. And for me, Sundays are about one thing. They're about worshiping Jesus. I don't do this job because I want to inspire you. I mean, I hope sometimes you become inspired, but not because of me. I don't do this job because I like just to help people. I mean, I, you have to be, you have to like helping people to do this job. But I don't do it for that reason. I don't do this job because I love church tradition and I want to serve tradition. There are pastors who love what church is, like the process of the service, and so they want to be serving that. I don't do this for any of those reasons. Yes, our service might be more traditional, but we don't do it to serve the tradition. We do it for one reason, because Jesus is our king, and I truly believe that. And he alone is worthy of worship. So I do what I do because I think all of us, and not just those of us here, but everyone in the whole world needs to follow him. People truly need Jesus as our king, their king. And when he becomes our king, he wants to save us and remake us. So for this final day of the church calendar, it's a reminder that Jesus is our king, and as our king, he wants to save us and remake us. And this is a life-altering reality. When we choose to follow Jesus, it changes our life forever. 
because we no longer are about ourselves and serving ourselves. We're about serving him and his kingdom, which becomes about serving others. And we're offered the only true way to remake our lives or to be restored and healed from sin. Now that's not an easy journey. But the only true way to healing is through the blood and the power of Jesus. When we join the kingdom, we're saved. We're saved from sin, saved from death, saved from ourselves. And when we join his kingdom, we're remade. We're called to live the way of Jesus, where our lives begin to reflect Jesus and his teachings. This is what Christ the King Sunday is all about. It's about who we follow. We follow Jesus as King. At Salem Magdalene Church, that's the one purpose we have, is to gather and worship Jesus as King. To come closer to him and to be transformed, to be remade, so that we can go into the world and serve him. That's what we're about. That's what we do. That's our calling. That's why we say we make followers of Jesus who live the way of Jesus. Because the way of Jesus is about following him and serving him as king. And what is it this king wants to do? Our king wants to save us and remake us. So Jesus is our king. And when we choose to follow him, our life is changed forever. May we follow him. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you today on Christ the King Sunday. We know we're called to follow you. It's not always easy. We often falter. Sometimes we don't want to. That's all part of the journey. But we know that you're there with us and you're faithful and you're true and you never give up. Your love always remains strong. May we daily make that choice to commit our allegiance to you. The king who saves and the king who remakes. We thank you, Lord, for being our king and for the opportunity we have to be a part of your kingdom. And Heavenly Father, we ask that you be with us as we worship and follow your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.